Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Nick Sicilian from the Sicilian Brothers. Hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on a podcast. And you hail from Dallas-Fort Worth area. And yep. you were born in New York and you are now in Texas. How did you, How did your life journey take you there? My my whole family started moving about uh, 20 years ago. I have four brothers, hence the Sicilian brothers. We're a big old Italian family. Uh, we started moving here about 20, 25 years ago, and I just realized cost of living, everything, right? So I consider myself a converted Southerner, as I like to say. <laughs> That's a classic path. A lot of people move from New York to Florida or New York from, to Texas, and Texas has been a great destination uh, for folks who want to... Um, have a lower cost of living, a little bit more business-friendly environment, and, and so on. Just, it's sad because New York is where my heart is. Don't get me wrong. I never, I try not to talk bad about it, right? It's it's the center of everything. But uh, once you leave, then you kind of can look back and pierce that bubble and realize it's not worth it at the end of the day, what you're paying for. Uh, you can just grow, and for your family, right? Your family can grow elsewhere. Uh, once you leave that bubble and same thing, you're starting to see it nowadays, you know, people leaving California, high taxed areas and coming to lower tax brackets for growth. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I still live in New York and in my heart, I, I'd probably be in Dallas for Wharf area. What part of New York are you from? I, I beg your pardon? What part of New York are you in? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. So, so. I, we were born out on Long Island, Suffolk County. Uh, I went to school in Throgsneck at uh, SUNY Maritime right there. So I love it. I mean, again, there's no other city in the world like Manhattan. Uh, there's nothing as awesome as Manhattan, maybe Japan, but nothing else like it in the world. Yeah, I, I love New York City, uh, but I don't like love the uh, the current environment and the politics. Right, all, all, That's all I'm going to say at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm here because of the family. So once you, it's almost like you you are where your family likes to yeah, be. Or exactly. I got lucky yeah. that they moved first. So that's great. All right. So tell uh, tell us a little more about you. You have um, obviously family. You have kids. You have any any of that stuff in in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole reason why I got into real estate is for my kids. Uh, they're right behind me. Damon, Logan, uh, eight and six. So um, I used to be an offshore engineer before this. I was working the nine to five in a sense, right? Uh, I used to be uh, a merchant marine offshore engineer and I was spending up to 10 months of the year away from them and it was getting too hard. So I transitioned, I got out of that whole rat race world in a sense and I got into real estate full time with my brother. That's awesome. Just uh, enlighten me a little bit. What does an offshore engineer do? You, you're on a ship? You're... Yeah, so I went to SUNY Maritime, uh, which is an engineering school in the Bronx. There's five of them in the in the country, different SUNY schools, uh, sorry, different maritime academies. Uh, I got my general engineering license out of there, general engineering degree, and then I had a Coast Guard license. Uh, offshore, it would be... I would say facilities engineer, right? Uh, I'm in charge of the power plan. Uh, I'm in charge of all everything on it. Anything that's mechanical or machine driven, 
uh, any transfers, loading of fuel, all those, all those things, right? I was on in charge oil, of everything. Is it on a ship, on an oil rig, or any, any yeah. of those? So I started out on ships. I was doing, uh, I was on container ships and tankers originally uh, overseas. And then I transferred uh, a segue into the oil field into the Gulf of Mexico. And then I was in the Gulf of Mexico for about eight years on drill ships. Very interesting. I appreciate that education. So now I know a little bit about that. So thank you. Now let's talk about real estate. So you're in Dallas-Fort Worth area. You do residential uh, real estate mostly. Do you do any commercial or is it mostly residential? Uh, we, we stay out of commercial just because our niche is very, our whole operation is very finely tuned for single family, direct to seller. Uh, we're doing direct to seller marketing and everything. So we stay in our space single family two to four doors max we also do mobile homes and land but i don't do anything for commercial marketing or multifamily. i got you so you buy fix and flip you wholesale you wholetail you all of uh, it we do all of it uh we come in at a deal first uh, approach and then we'll do about 30 percent uh fix and flip 30 percent uh assignment deals or you know wholesaling them and then the remaining 40% would be creative financing, notes, uh, all different things on that side. If we're keeping it, if we're buying it as subject to and we're able to keep it as a rental, we're not doing many refinances right now just because rates went up, right? So trying to refinance something at 8% is a lot more difficult. So we'll do creative financing on those to try to keep them in our portfolio. Let's dive into that. I actually love the idea. In the environment we're in, when the rates used to be low and they've risen, if you can buy a house with existing mortgage at the low interest rates, that's awesome. So how do you need to structure them? How do you negotiate them? Are sellers open to do that? If they have a mortgage locked at 4% rate, you can come in and buy subject to and mm -hmm. basically take over their mortgage? It's, it's very difficult, right? Everybody wants to do it on every deal, but it comes down to the deal. All right. So for us, we want to make sure that we're making our profit back within 12 months. Right. So that means that a lot of times these properties, the ones that work for a subject to are ones that maybe they just bought them a year ago or two years ago. Right. When those rates were low, maybe they don't have a lot of equity in it. So there's not a lot of upside potential, but they're they got a couple months in rears. Right. They need to come up, pay in full and then just they just want to walk away. A lot of times these people, they all have different pain points in a sense, right? Whether or not they're facing uh, foreclosure, somebody just died, maybe it's a probate case. Um, a lot of times they're just, there's a lot of social and psychological things going on with their hoarders or um, just they're, they're letting the house fall apart, right? So everyone is different, but the ones that we do subject to, a lot of them are uh, a lot of lower equity plays, right? They don't have a lot of options. They're just trying to walk away and we're going to come in and solve those problems. Yeah, very interesting. I and mean, you're going back to, I guess, the classic uh, scenario where there's selling motivation, some level of motivation and uh, inability, I guess, some kind of distress, personal distress. The, the property may not be distressed, be but the, the seller is distressed. It has to be. Otherwise, why, why are they going to sell to us, right? Yeah, if I please. can't solve your problems... There's no reason to, right? I'll actually tell them, we'll tell them, listen, you don't need to do this, right? Like we'll help them another way, but they don't have to sell their house all the time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, but the power is obviously tremendous if you can lock in a rate that's somehow four, four and a half percent, and you can cash flow versus you, you know, you get fresh mortgage at seven and a half, eight, you, you can cash flow. It's just a very tough play. So yeah. it makes sense. Um, uh, where do you see opportunities today? Is this just working with folks that have some individual distress? Uh, that uh, just specifically because the residential market has been very weird from the point of view that. Normally, in a classic sense, when rates go up, the price is supposed to come down. But the prices haven't because people have chosen not to move, just to keep the old existing mortgages, just because if they move, fresh mortgage is a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. So the supply is very, very limited. So the market hasn't really softened unless you see something different. How how's Dallas Fort Worth market been? So I'm only gonna talk about Dallas because New York is drastically different, right? Like but in DFW, we still have a housing shortage, right? Days on market, um, we're not up past, I don't think, 60 days yet. Um, the five-year average is supposed to be around 90 days on market. We're still under that. So um, you are right. People have lower mortgage rates and they don't want to sell, right? Because if they're going to sell a house at 400000 with a 4% rate, well, if they go try to buy a, a 450 house at an 8%, they're going to be way underwater, right? Like their payments just went through the roof. Uh, so their affordability is down. You absolutely are right on that. Um, but listen, there's still people that can't afford the houses that they're in currently. A lot of ours uh, come from people that had houses that were paid off a lot. A big one, and I, I we preach about this all day long on social media, is insurance. People pay off their mortgages and then they say, hey, we don't need insurance anymore. And then something happens, uh, hail comes through, floods their house and they lose their entire house because they didn't have the ability to cover those damages or whatever, right? And a lot of times they just have to walk away from them. So um, there's opportunities everywhere. It's just being able to solve problems, right? I know I'm trying to find the right answer there, sorry. No, that's a great term. It, it, it solving ability to solve problems is a great skill and ultimately this is what you're trying to do you're trying to help folks you're not trying to take advantage of them but you're trying to help them and they have a real problem and if you can solve their problem and at the same time create a good opportunity for you that's how the world goes around that's how real estate functions and and that makes a lot of sense so what else are you doing you uh you have anything interesting going on just what's uh, what are you guys in any new developments any new projects and new opportunities just curious what uh what are you guys working so, on? so we have so we have the main business right that we buy sell real estate we're constantly doing that we have about a staff of nine currently uh we just hired a new dispo girl to train her up so that machine in a sense is working which I love. So now the other machines that we're building out, right, are we're doing a, we have a local paid mastermind that we're helping others, right, education sense, education driven. And then we are currently building our first debt fund. We're going to do, we're going to start raising capital for a real estate debt fund and then start lending and, and providing notes and creative financing strategies. Very interesting. And, um, I don't know if it's a good time or a bad time to start debt fund. It's it's one of those things I have to think about it for a second. Uh, obviously, it's all you know. It's a different experience. You might for you, you might have enough folks who want to borrow from you, and if you have a the right fund at a vehicle, it might be a good uh, opportunity right now. In theory, 
it's good time to be a lender if you can raise the capital because you 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 get to loan them at rates higher than in the past. So from that perspective, uh, being a lender is a good place. Um, most of what uh, we see out there is more conservative underwriting. So yeah. if you do a debt fund, most definitely need to tighten up. Um, yeah. So uh, what kind of, is it hard money loans? Is it primarily for fix and flips? Just just a little more color on the, on the yeah. debt fund. No, so we're going to do probably about a 30% hard money loan just for cash flow, right? The transactional, you know, reoccurring business. But we are going to also do long-term 30-year notes uh, for more stabilized. Those notes are going to be uh, at a higher rate. Right now, we're selling those notes at 14%. So um, there's good returns on them. I mean, hold, hold the horses. I think that's what yeah. they say in Texas, right? Hold the horse. I don't know if it's a Texas phrase or not. Definitely yeah. not hold the horses in New York. <laughs> but um, Pump the brakes 14% yeah. uh, on a 30-year fixed, mm -hmm. and people pay that? Yeah, they're coming in, putting 10% down uh, there. The, the price points on these houses are all usually sub 200s, right? So uh, it's not on something that is 400 and 500 where that would be astronomical. Now, don't mind, mind you, that is still a high rate, but they're not in it for 30 years, right? Their average turn time is three to five years before they're getting out of it. We don't have any prepay penalties. So we're not, we're not punishing people for getting out of the terms early, right? They're just getting in there, putting sweat equity in, putting money down, and then just having a house. And, and a lot of times they're business to business too. So they're going to be turning around and renting those out. So there's all different uh, uh, clients or, or uh, avatars for those products. Yeah, I understand. What can they rent a house like this for? So if it's a two hundred thousand dollar house, they put ten percent down, and you would lend them ninety percent loan to cost on a two hundred thousand dollar purchase. So the criteria for us is we make sure that the P and I is within lines of what market rents are, right? And that's pretty much a selling point. Listen, but what is the market and, rent for a property like this? Just give me an example. Uh, let's say it's seventeen hundred somewhere around there, fifteen hundred. You know. So seventeen hundred for two hundred thousand dollar house, right? Somewhere around there, it comes down to. And how much bit. would they put down? Uh, ten percent. We usually ten to fifteen percent. We're getting. So they have a uh, hundred and you know eighty hundred seventy thousand dollar mortgage, right? At fourteen percent, it's more than one percent a month. How are they going to be able to service the debt? So that's that's the thing, though. All right. So we're going into it saying, hey, listen, you can you can either go get a rental and pay a hundred percent interest. Right, or because our P and I's and we're using very round numbers right now. A lot of times they are lesser. They're like around a one forty note deal somewhere around there. Because by the time they do bring in the cash, um, that's when we make sure that the P and I is within reason. Right, if your P and I uh, is fourteen hundred and the my new loan amount is let's say sixteen hundred, you're talking about the difference of one hundred and fifty or something. You're now owning it. Now you're going to be uh, getting appreciation in it too. So you're that's getting a negative all... cash flow. That's basically what you're saying is a negative, small negative cash flow, and it's only appreciation play for these folks. I'm not doing the the rental right. So it's not. I'm not saying this is. What I know you're, you're loaning. You're loaning the money to them. They do a lot of different things. Sometimes they'll rent it out by room. A lot of times they do short term rentals, stuff like that. So they're upping their cash flow. Right there. 
Interesting. And I assume you don't do any owner occupied of that. Uh, no, we're trying not now. Everything right now we're doing is business to business. Because owner occupied, you got a problem. It's a dot frank, yeah. right? You have to underwrite for affordability and it's like a mission impossible. I remember years ago, um, I I know some people who used to do these loans, owner uh, uh for but basically borrowers that are, you know, typically again, Dallas Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. Hispanic folks uh that they can't you know they don't go to traditional bank they're not comfortable but i remember the rates were like you know 975 right and this was when the interest rates were low and now if you if you adjust the rates by 500 basis points you're in the 14 percent range but i don't know how you can qualify in the dot frank that's the biggest problem so i guess yeah. you're not doing that so it's not even a discussion yeah no 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 we're not doing that so but as an investment loan, it's it's basically you're doing a hard money loan uh, for long term. The only thing that worries me, and again, this is my two cents, your ten percent down, it's it's too low. It's, it's what if what if they default? It's you wind up taking a house with I very just take the house back because we're we're um, so a lot of times we're doing the marketing on them, right? We're doing uh, we're getting them pennies on the dollar, right? We're not I'm not. Uh, I'm not buying it at a 150 and then selling it at 150, right? We're if we're getting it into it at 80 and then we turn around and sell a note, right? Uh, there's there's the room. We we make sure that there is the room that if we do need to kick it back, we're still safe. So you're selling them as a seller financed option to these yes. folks that, and your fund will uh, finance these yep. things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, appreciate the clarification. Obviously, best of success uh, to your fund. Uh, and it, it is a good market for high interest rates, relatively speaking, um, versus you know a few years ago. As long as you can underwrite conservatively and make sure that the the borrowers don't default, because yeah. this has no, been the holy grail of underwriting a, t- tighten up requirements. We do a, a good job on that on the upfront due diligence, right, of the borrower. Make sure that they have the 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 finances and such like that, right? We're n- I'm not trying to put anything into. Uh, something where I got to take it back, right? I never want to lend to own, not our way. If we, if I got plenty of properties, we can just go buy and keep ourselves. So no, that's not what we're, we're doing at all. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. And um, it's all it just, a, it, it's a good diversification play for you. Probably complementary uh, product to what you're doing in your fix and flip and other space. So having a fund um, available. Uh, just curious, what are you planning to pay investors? What do you think investors going to make in your fund? Have you um, thought about that? We're going to start it out uh, at ten percent, I think, ten percent pref, and then go from there. Uh, probably do ten percent and then fifty-fifty above that. Um, I think for the first, uh, we haven't put a number on it, but for the first bulk of capital raise, I'll waive all the market, uh, the management fees, and just do a flat rate to cover uh expenses right loan origination software insurance stuff like that but trying to keep uh everything low and then high returns for the investors so yeah makes sense and i'll i'll give you one uh piece of feedback again no advice of any kind just thought process so i've seen these funds uh mostly during the days of low interest rates but the interest rates are are higher now and uh uh, natural tendencies to increase the pref I, 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 my two cents would be to keep the profit somewhere around eight percent, just as a thought process. Still offer so them maybe instead of a paper. instead of a fifty fifty, give them sixty forty or something like this. Right. Enhance it, just don't make it too high. Because if you make it too high and the rates retreat, uh, you can't lower the prep. This is the one of the problems 
with, with the funds, any change to the PPM can basically give investors an opportunity to leave or uh, make them you know, unhappy. So by lowering the PREF, you're at least setting the bar reasonable uh, if, so, if, if you can't make the loan at the interest rates where you, you, you want to make. We're currently prob we're going to probably roll it out with 8% as the PREF. But like I was saying earlier, uh, I'm trying, I think I'm going to do for the first bulk, first capital raised, I'll bump it up to 10 and then try to wave out the marketing, uh, sorry, the management fees and stuff like that, just to get it up and rolling. Um, like I said earlier, we have the other machines so well tuned and everything. This is our first one that we just want to get it up and rolling. Once it's up and rolling, then I'll be able to fine tune the machine. Yeah, you got the right idea. So the, uh, from the point of view that you can always waive the performance fees at 50-50 above the eight is a performance fee. You can waive it. You can waive management fees. So uh, from what I heard, you're trying to get investors at least 10%. Yep. And you can do that by waiving those fees if you are not naturally doing that. And for a young fund, it is a little, little bit of that. It's hard because you uh, sometimes you raise the capital, you haven't put the money out. So you have a yield drag and you have to kind of match your capital raising with the opportunity so you don't sit in too much idle money for a young fund we've done quite a bit of fund work ourselves so we we know the 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 rodeo so uh by the way again dallas fort warp uh love your rodeo at uh stockton yards at, at the at the coliseum so yeah. <laughs> next time i'm in dallas this is a place to go it's it's so awesome it's just yeah a, absolutely if you're ever in town let me know we'll definitely grab dinner yeah i appreciate that how would folks get a hold of you? Appreciate you sharing uh, so, your wisdom. What's the best so way we're to reach on, out? We're on uh, all of the channels, right? All the social media brands. YouTube is our most popular one, The Sicilian Brothers uh, on YouTube. We have 75,000 followers right now. We just broke that. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all of them, Nick Sicilian. Uh, if you go to REIAF, that stands for Real Estate Investing as Fuck. That's just our confidence. Uh, REIAF.com, that's our mentorship site. And you'll find all of our, our information on there, all of our properties on there. If you're looking to get into wholesaling and you're looking for a good deal, we put all of our properties on there as well. So Appreciate your sharing. Uh, thank you for your wisdom and, and um, good luck with the, uh, with the fund. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be successful. And um, yeah, and <laughs> enjoy Dallas Fort Worth. Enjoy the... Uh, a little, uh, a little... it's, it's turned into fall right now so it's breaking the 90s it's coming down to like 89 so it's beautiful i love this every year um so yeah at least one thing i have to say in new york it's not as hot as, as in texas so at least uh it gets kind of cold in the winter well i mean it, it, the weather has been a little bit volatile in the last few years but um uh, at least not as hot as, as, as texas yeah. so thank you again for coming on a podcast i appreciate you and Absolutely. wishing Thanks you for having me mike the Sicilian Brothers on all social media. Uh, by the way, did you lock in a website like the SicilianBrothers.com? Yep. So we have the SicilianBrothers.com also. <laughs> uh, that one uh, funnels elsewhere into REIF. So we have plenty of different funnels. Uh, REIF. It's easy, easier to remember. It's just easier yeah. to remember. If you if you can spell the SicilianBrothers.com, then instead of a short abbreviation, just you know my, my two cents. Yeah. Roger that, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style.
We'll see you on the next episode.